Before I start tonight, it's a great privilege for me to be here tonight. It's, uh, it's amazing. It's, I find it very humbling to be on this platform tonight. I, just before I start, I want to say thank you to the father and the mother of this house, Prophet Gebhard and Pastor Shannon. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to, to be here this, this night and to preach to your people. I want to say thank you to all of the other pastors and the leaders in the building. And then I want to say to, to every person that came out tonight, thank you so much. Give yourself a tap on the shoulder and say, well done. Well done for being here. Well done for being faithful. Amen. Before I start, I was just want to tell, ask you to tell your neighbor, tell him, I'm ready for my heart to burn. Okay, now ask the other neighbor, do you feel the fire? If you feel a fire next to you, then take out the marshmallows because it's now time. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. Do you know that the Lord is good? Amen. Can we read the Word of God together? I'm going to read out a very special verse tonight. I'm going to talk about hearts ablaze. A heart set ablaze. I'm going to read out, out of a very special scripture. It's a scripture very near to my heart. Um, some of you might know here, the shop here, just on the outside, they, they, make, they make custom Bible covers. And they made me one many years ago, I think like three or four years ago. And it says here at the back, Jeremiah 20 verse 9. And it is the full scripture written out there. And guess out of what scripture I'm going to preach tonight. Jeremiah 20 verse 9, good guess. There we go, thank you so much. Let's read together. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name, but his word, say with me, his word, was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, I could not. But if I say I'll never mention the name of the Lord or speak in his name, his word burns in my heart like a fire. And we have the NLT translation. I don't know if you guys have it there at the back. That's, that looks better. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name, but his word. Save me again, his word. Was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back. I could not. Now to give you some backstory on this scripture, in chapter 19, this was chapter 20 that we just read. In chapter 19, we see the prophet Jeremiah. He goes into the, uh, the, this town and he calls all of the leaders and the priests of the nation of Judah together. And he says, listen, come here. I want to tell you something. They all gather together and he says to them, listen, I'm going to pronounce a word of judgment, of coming judgment over you. It's quite hectic. It's quite heavy that, that he said that. He says to them, listen, the Lord is not pleased with you. You have done idol worship. You have been disobedient to God. And he, He's not pleased. So there will be judgment coming upon you and all of the nations. The nation of Judah. So one of the guys, the head priest that, that was also there, his name is Pashur. Thank God that none of your names are Pashur. I hope not. <laughs> his name is Pashur. He has Jeremiah arrested because he, this word that he spoke was very offensive to him. So he has Jeremiah arrested. And he puts him in jail. He puts him in chains and he whips him. Now we pick up the story here. 
that we just read in, in Jeremiah chapter number 20, verse 9. This is where Jeremiah cries out to the Lord. He's in a difficult situation. He says, Lord, I'm in a difficult situation. These unrighteous people are persecuting me. This, this space where I find myself in now is not nice. They've whipped me. I've been in prison. It's uncomfortable. So he cries out to the Lord. And this is what he says, verse 9 that we just read. He says, I will not make mention. This is what he says to himself. I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. How many of you have been here before? God doesn't answer your prayer like you think he needs to answer it. Somebody in church hurts you. You, tithe, you, you give your tithe and God doesn't come, for you, come through for you in finances as you thought he would. You get offended. You get persecuted by, by your workplace. And now you just, you get to a point where you feel like, no, I've had enough now. So then you go to God and you say, Lord, listen, Lord, I'm done. I'm just done now. You know what? I'm not even going to pray anymore. I'm not going to even read my Bible anymore. You know, I'm going to even take it as far as I'm not going to even tithe anymore. As if God is sitting there like, oh, no, 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 please. Please don't do that. <laughs> How many of you have been there before where you just came at a place in your life where you were fed up? I think there's two honest people in the building. The rest of you, I'll pray for you afterward. I've been there many times where I cried out to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I'm done. I'm tired now. This is not working. Where are you? Now, this is where Jer Jeremiah finds himself. He says, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. Lord, I'm in this situation. You know what? I'm done. I will not mention your name anymore. <laughs> but listen to this, the B part of this service. He says, but. You have to pay attention to the buts in the Bible. Ladies, let me ask you a question. How many times... In your life, have you asked a man, listen, do you love me? And then he starts by, yes, I love you very much. You are the most beautiful woman on the earth. I think you, you look great in this and that. And he starts giving you this whole list of things. And then he says, but. Do you know that that, what you, that he just said, that whole list that he just gave you, just becomes null and void? It means nothing anymore. Now, this is what happens here. Jeremiah cries out. He says, I will not mention his name anymore. I will not speak his word anymore. But then he says, but his word was in my heart. Say with me, in my heart. Like a burning fire shut up in my bones and I could not hold it in. Man, I feel the Lord on this. We go through many things, but God is for us. God is not against us. Amen. Let's just give Jesus some praise on that. Dylan, you weren't strong enough to open this bottle. You know, many people never recover from a place of disappointment. They never recover from a place of hurt and pain. They never get to the butt stadium. They come to church, they start a Christian journey, and then somewhere along the line, stuff happens. And they never recover. 
I don't know how many of you have served the Lord with friends and family somewhere in your life, but now they're not serving the Lord anymore because stuff happened in their lives. I've got many, many friends like that. It's sad. It's heartbreaking because there was never a but in their lives. There was never a, a place where they said, Lord, do you know what? All of this is happening, but I will still serve you. Satan is not after your things. He's after your faith. That's why all of the attacks come. Because if you lose your faith, you lose everything. Think about it. What is faith? Something that you believe in. If he can take your faith, your heart will never burn for the kingdom of God again. And many people are like that. They go through things and they lose the fire in their hearts. The word of God in their hearts does not burn brighter than the circumstances around them. May we be like Jeremiah that says, Lord, despite all the tribulations, all the things I go through, your word will burn in my heart like a fire and I will never give up. Take that for yourself in this evening. I will never give up. Your, your word will burn in my heart like a fire. As I was pondering on Jeremiah and on the situation that he found himself in where he, he obviously had an internal struggle. Lord, I am going through these things. Lord, things are not happening in my life. I, things are not working out like I thought it would. I was speaking your word. I was doing all the right things. But he, he obviously had an internal battle. That's why he came to a place where he said, I will not speak in his name anymore. As I was pondering on that, the, the way that he felt, I got reminded of the, the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter number 13. I want to read it to you. Matthew chapter number 13, verse 4 to 7. It says, And as he scattered the seed, how many of you know what the seed in this scripture represents? Nobody. The word. Because Jesus explains it later in Matthew 13. The scripture of this, or the parable means that the sower goes out to sow the word. Amen. Are you with me? So he says, as he scattered the seed or the word, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came and the plants were scorched, they withered away because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And then he says, verse 8, Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop 60, 36 to 100 fold. Now in this parable, Jesus is addressing heart's conditions. Four heart's conditions. Number one is he mentions the path. The path is where the seed, the Word of God goes out. Maybe it's in a setting like this, this, this evening. The Word of God is being preached. The Word of God is being sown like a, a guy that throws seed in the field. And the, that seed falls on the path, on a, on a cold heart. Maybe Satan has attacked you so much that that fire in, in you has gone out completely. Maybe you sit here today just because it's Sunday and somebody brought you here, but you feel numb on the inside. Your heart is cold. 
And what the, what the Bible says, once that word touches your heart, Satan comes and he steals it immediately. So it has no effect in your life. You walk out of this place exactly the same way as you came in. Many people sit in church all around the world. They've been sitting in church for 50 years, but they leave every Sunday exactly the same as they came for 50 years. Why? Because it's a hardened heart. There's no fire in that heart. Satan just comes and he steals the word, just as the word falls on their heart. Maybe it's somebody that sits here this, this evening and, and, and you don't know Jesus. You've never encountered Jesus before. Maybe it's your first time in a church tonight. Tonight is going to change. Tonight the Lord will penetrate your heart and you will feel the love of God. Amen. The second place, the second heart condition that Jesus is talking about is rocky places. You get excited about God. It says here, some fell on rocky places where it did not much have much soil, but it sprang up quickly. But because the soil was shallow, the sun, the sun scorched the seed. Now it says when the rocky places is when you get excited about God. Like we come on Sunday, I'm like, yes, I'm excited. Today, oh, this church service was amazing. I hear the word, I'm excited. Now I leave, I'm like, whoo, praise the Lord. This is going to be a great week. And then you get into your office on Monday and your boss says, hey, where's my things? And you start feeling, oh, wow, this is a trial. This, this, guy, this place is unfair. Or maybe your husband or your wife is not nice at you. Something happens, trials and tribulations come. But because the word has not found root in your heart, it dries up quickly. That's why next Sunday you have to come just to feel hyped up again. But you never change because the word never takes root in your heart. The third place where Jesus talks about the third heart condition is thorny bushes. I personally think where this is where most Christians get caught. It says here, other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. It doesn't say other seed fell among thorns and grew up and choked the seeds. No, it means that the word that you've received, whether it be God speaking to you or you read out of the Bible, that, that word has started growing in your life. You've actually started applying the things in your life. There's, there's change that is happening. But as along with the change, along with the things that is happening in your heart, something else is growing. And if you read just a little bit down from Matthew 13, in Matthew 13, Jesus lists the thorny bushes. He says what it is. He says what it is. He says it is the, the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. And this is where I've been caught in my, in my Christian journey. I've served the Lord for a long time. I've grown in my spiritual life. But together with that, I kept on harboring worry. I don't know how this is going to work out. I wonder what this person thinks about me. And then it says the deceitfulness of riches. Maybe I can ask a question in this day. If you knew for a fact that Jesus is coming back in one year's time from now, if you knew it for a fact, 
Would you still spend so much time trying to make a living, trying to get rich, trying to get by, working and working and working, instead of spending more time with Jesus to get to know Him personally? There are many people out there, many Christians, they are striving to get rich. And being rich is okay. I'm not saying it's, it's bad. I'm just saying that when we, people strive for that, the deceitfulness of riches, the Bible says. Working, I need to make a living, and this and that. And then eventually, you know, people ask you, Where, aren't you at life group? No, sorry, I'm at work. Working, I'm studying. And all of that stuff is good. But the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And all things that you need will be added unto you. Amen. Give Jesus some praise. So together with the word that is growing in your heart, the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of riches is growing together. And eventually the Bible says it chokes the word on the inside of you. And it makes that you can't hear the voice of God anymore. I don't know how many of you, maybe this is the last example that I'll use on this point, but how many of you have gone through a financial trouble and you pray like, Lord, please help me. Give me a word. Tell me something to do. But in, in your mind, it's so busy. How am I going to make it at the end of the month? How'm, how am I going to pay this? I don't know how many of you have been there. It chokes the voice of God out of your life. Because you, you cannot worry and worship at the same time. You cannot hear the voice of God while you're worrying because there's another voice speaking. Then the, th the fourth heart's condition that Jesus lists here is good ground. What is good ground? Good ground is a Jeremiah. Someone is, whose heart is so full of fire and zeal that it doesn't matter what they are going through, what trials they are facing. They say, Lord, your word will burn in my heart and I will stand on it. I will believe it and I will see it come to pass. Somebody that will not give up. Somebody that presses through. Somebody that fights for the promises in the word. That is good soil. Somebody with zeal and fire in their hearts. I believe God wants us to be Christians whose hearts are set ablaze for Him. Christians who won't back down when things come against us. Christians who fight for things that Jesus paid for. And I'm not saying we should strive for the things that He paid for. I'm just saying if things are not in your life that He's supposed to be there because He paid for it, fight for it. Say, Lord, I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm not just going to assume this is how it's going to be in my life. I'm not, not going to just settle for this. But your word says this and I will stand on it. I will believe the word until I see it come to pass. Amen. Amen. The question is, how do we get there? How, we do, how do we get to a place where our hearts burn like Jeremiah? Where it doesn't matter what comes against us, we say, but your word. How do you get there? I'm a practical person, so I want to give you th three points on how to get there. How to have a burning heart. 
Number one, and I want you to help, help me say this. Say, I need a helper. Okay, the first point is, we need a helper. John 14, verse 26. There we go. Okay, that translation is not so lacquer, but I'll listen to this one. It says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. Let me read it again. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. What is all things that I say to you? It is the words. So we need the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance the Word of God. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to be formed into the image of Jesus through the Word of God. Amen. Got a question for you. Why does the Holy Spirit rest on Jesus in a form of a dove, but on the disciples in the form of fire? Do you want to know the answer? No, that was not good enough. It is because a dove signifies innocence. What does fire do? Fire purifies. There was nothing in Jesus that needed purification. But in the disciples, we need the Holy Spirit to purify us, to help us to burn away all our fleshly desires. Prophet always talks about it. He says, take up your cross and follow me. That's what the Bible says. Take up your cross and follow me. Lay your life down for me. How do we do that? By purification. By the fire of the Holy Spirit. He sent us a helper, church. There where you said you have a helper to let your heart burn. Amen. Are you happy about it? Some of you must just tell your face. Smile a little bit. The second point is, this is a very, very deep one. How to let your heart burn is we need to read our Bibles. Say with me, I need to read my Bible. Some of you must go to the mirror tonight before you go to sleep and say to yourself, listen, you need to read the Bible before you go to sleep tonight. Listen to what Jeremiah 23 verse 29 says. This is an awesome scripture. He says, does not my word burn like a fire? says the Lord, is not my word like a mighty hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. My translation says, is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. How many of you have ever hit a big rock with a hammer? Okay, there's a couple of you. I've done it many times. It's not nice. Does that rock break into pieces with the first heat? No. 
You have to heat it constantly over and over again until it breaks. Now the Bible makes a, he says the Word of God is like two things. He says the Word of God is like fire and like a, ah, oh, you're already forgot. Is not my Word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces? What does fire do? We just said it purifies. So as I read the Word, it cleanses my mind. It destroys the lies of the enemy that is in my mind. The things that I believe about myself and what other people said about me, the Word of God cleanses that. He purifies us. He builds us up. He puts the fire in our hearts. What's the second thing that the Word of God does? It's like a hammer. I don't know if you've ever, ever experienced this, but I've experienced this in my life where I face a challenge. There's something in my life that's not moving. Something is, it's like I'm, there's an opposition in my life. And I take the Word of God and I start proclaiming it over that thing over and over again. What is that? It's like a hammer that breaks the obstacle in your road into pieces. The Word of God purifies us. But it also removes challenges and obstacles out of our lives. Amen. Even the things inside of us that is stubborn to move, it's like a hammer, it will break it. It will break that thing. It helps us put on the new man. I said in point number two that we need to read the Bible. Some of you might sit here and say, yes, but how do I, need, how do I read the Bible? I've got an answer for you, just start reading. Be consistent in your reading. I'll say the easiest is just start in the New Testament and read page for page. Consistently, every day. Read two, three chapters a day. If you can do more than that, do more than that. But read the Word of God consistently. Because the Word of God is like a hammer. It needs to be consistent in your ears, consistent in your mind, and consistent in your heart to break the things. To break old, old strongholds. To break words that people spoke over you consistency take the Bible from today and read it read it church read the Bible this is God in in written text John 1 verse 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God read the Bible number three almost coming to a close I'm a fast preacher This is also a very deep one. We need to live the Bible. Say with me, live the Bible. So if you have these three ingredients, I'm going to give you some, going into more detail right now, but if, you, if we have a helper, which you do have, right? If we read the Bible, and if we live the Bible, we will have hearts that are on fire. We need to love the Bible. Let me read you James 2 verse 17. If you can maybe put it there on the board. I don't have it in front of me. James 2 verse 17. Thank you, Lord Jesus. One, two, three, go. Okay, I'll, I'll raise these guys. 
Okay, I beat you. James 2, verse 17. It says, Thus also by faith itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. You see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. We can read the Bible all day long. But unless we come to a place where we say, Lord, what I read today, I want to act out today, you will never change. We have to be Christians that live the Bible. And it's not as easy as just to, it says here, okay, um, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy. Okay, great. So now today you're just going to be patient and kind and, and, and you're not going to envy. No, it's a process. But you have to start applying it to your life. You have to decide today, I'm going to focus on being patient. And you know what's the good news? Point number one, you have a helper. He'll remind you, listen, if you've been impatient and you walk away from that situation, who's going to be the first on the scene? The Holy Spirit saying, hey, you were not very patient right now. Then what do you need to do? Repent. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Next situation. Now you go in with that. Oh, I can be patient. That's how we apply the word. We can stand on the word. Live a life where you activate his word by believing what he has said and doing it. You know, I think many times we read the Bible and we say that we believe it, but I don't think we really believe it. We're not fully convinced. Maybe some of you, I know there's very, a lot of spiritual people in this place. But if we can get to a place where we really believe what God said, you'll see your life change immediately. Because you know, a lot of times we ask God for something and then we say, say Lord, yes, your word says, whatever I ask in your name, I shall receive. But then in the back of your mind, you already have a way how you will do it. That's not faith. We need to activate the word of God. We need to live a life where we believe what he has said. How do you apply the word? I had friends, they, they, they used to live here in South Africa. They moved back to America now. But if you spoke to those people, Every, every sentence that came out of their mouth was the Word of God. I mean, they would like need to plant a church. Then, then I would ask them, how, how much money do you need? And they're like, no, let's say five million. I'm like, yeah, that's a lot, eh? They're like, no, the Bible says, and then they start quoting a scripture. God will supply in all my needs. The blessing of the, God, of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow to it. Proverbs 10, 22. Everything they did, if they didn't have an income that month, they would just believe God for it. If they were sick, they didn't go to take the grandpa first for the headache. No. They first stood on the Word of God. They lived the Word and you could see it in their lives. They, those people were burning. I think they are still burning. They're not burning in South Africa anymore. Okay, so this is how you activate the Word of God. When fear comes, the first thing that should be on the scene, 1 Tim 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, I have not received the spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What did he do? He stood on the word. When self-doubt comes, the book of Deuteronomy says, I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I shall go up and not go down. I stand on the word. When money problems come, Philippians 4.19, He shall supply in all my needs according to His riches and glory. Amen. Sorry, camera guy. I know I walk a lot. I just need to get my steps in a little bit. I'm competing with Pastor Stefan there at the back. He's very fit and strong. When depression comes, Isaiah 61, He gives me the oil of joy for mourning and the garments of praise for heaviness. I don't know how many of you have woken up in the morning on a Monday morning and you feel depressed. It's like, oh, here we go again. This week, this job, this boss, this colleagues. No, he gives me the oil of joy for morning and the garment of praise for heaviness. I don't take depression. I don't take fear. I don't take money problems. I stand on the Word of God. When I feel unloved, maybe having a pity party there in your room, and nobody loves me. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Are you in this world? Yes. So you can say, For God so loved Riechard. For God so loved Jonathan. For God so loved Kachiso that He gave His only Son to die in my place so that I can have eternal life. You live the Word. But you need to know the Word in, in order to live the Word. Church, I don't want to be long tonight. I... I want to encourage you tonight as I, as I end. Love the Word of God. Read His Word. Stand on His Word. There's so, there's so much Christians out there. Many people come to speak to me. It's kind of my job, but they come to speak to me and say, listen, I'm facing this challenge. I'm facing this problem. I, this happened to me and that happened to me. I'm going through this and... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm there to help. But I cannot help you the way that this can help you. Sometimes I ask people, listen, what does, what does God say? What does the Word say? Oh no, I, I, I don't know. I don't need you to tell me. I'm like, no. <laughs> Go read the Word. This is a handbook for your life. And once this Word comes on the inside of you, it comes deep into your heart. It takes root. The scripture gets activated. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart as it were a burning fire shut up in my bones and I am weary of holding it in. I cannot. How many of you want to burn for Jesus? Say with me, set me ablaze, Lord. Set my heart on fire. Maybe that's you this, this evening. If you, if you feel like, listen, my heart is cold. 
I feel kind of numb toward the Lord. Maybe you've gone through some serious things. Maybe you feel like you, you're part of the, the rocky path where the word comes into you and you receive it with joy, but many things in this world, many trials and tribulations chokes the word and it, it scorches the word like the sun. I want to invite you to come to the front tonight. If we're going to trust the Lord as we lay hands on you that He will ignite a fresh fire in you. That He will break every hardened heart. Maybe you've gone through many disappointments. And that's where I, f- I feel that in my spirit. Is there's people in this place, you've gone through many disappointments and your heart has hurt. You feel like, Lord, I don't know how my heart can be soft toward you anymore. I want to invite you to please come to the front. I'm going to ask the pastors to pray with, with you. Let's trust the Lord to touch you with fresh fire. As you walk out of this place today, you can say, I'm burning for the Lord again. Amen. Please come and join me at the front.